Welcome to your Active Stack Brief podcast. My name is Luca Bertuzzi, your technology editor. This week, we take a closer look at the AI Act, speaking with one of the main players in the negotiation process. For an overview on all things technology in the EU, sign up to our free newsletter or visit the website youractive.com. This is your Active's Tech Brief podcast. Today I'm joined by Brando Benifei, MEP and European Parliament's co-rapporteur for the AI Act. Hi, Brando. Hi, hello. And thank you for your time. I know you're very busy with the negotiations. So, first of all, would you like to give us an overview on where things stand on the file? I think we are in a good uh, moment, uh, in a good uh, phase in terms of uh, seeing the whole picture coming together and all the most important issues on the table clear uh, in uh, the pipeline. And I think that we will uh, get through in the next weeks uh, and uh, possibly if all will play a constructive role. We could conclude by uh, December when we have uh, the next trilogue. And I think that uh, uh, this is the willingness of of everyone. We have seen uh, that on uh, such uh, um, complex issues like uh, the um, high-risk classification, we have made very significant progress in the sense that uh, we almost concluded uh, um, the Article 6 that's um, the basis for identification of a high-risk uh, system and, and its use case. And we are still uh, working, but uh, close to a result, in my uh, opinion, on the Annex 3 uh, list. So the list of the sensitive uh, areas where uh, high-risk is uh, uh, considered to be uh, uh, the, the, the situation for a, a system uh, as its use case in in that area. So I I think that um, we are in a good uh, progress on this point, almost, uh, I would say, done. Then clearly on Article 5 and uh, prohibitions and its link with the requests that the governments have on uh, uh, law enforcement, we are in a more difficult situation. Mm, There is more distance still, uh, and I hope that the uh, governments and the the council representing them, will move more uh, to uh, get uh, to a a balancing that can be accepted by the parliament that will not abandon a a fundamental idea that we cannot grant security to our citizens if we are not strict on everything that is linked to fundamental rights when AI is concerned. So we 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 will be uh, serious and we are open to compromise, but we are still a bit uh, uh, in difficulty on that. So to be frank, I think this, this context will be one of the most difficult to conclude. Um, then we have the governance, which is uh, a very important topic because to avoid having just a paper, but a real law, it needs to be governed, implemented and enforced. So um, the issue of the supervisory authorities, the role of the AI office, um, how it is structured, we are still in a 
strong negotiation phase on that, mm-hmm. but uh, the fundamentals, I think, are already there. There is a, some common understanding. Finally, on uh, the most uh, heated politically uh, topic, uh, high-impact models, foundation models, and generative AI, I think we are going to get to a, 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 an acceptable result for both Council and Parliament. I'm optimistic because there is the willingness to discuss about um, having certain high-impact models that should be looked into uh, ex-ante before entering the market with the system because they do have inherent risks. And I think that in the end, the council will be fully convinced that we need to do that. We are working on that. The parliament wants to get into that. And as you know, because it has been clear from the commission that this is also something where the commission is uh, supportive of, of this direction that the parliament has opened in its text because it was the first to deal with this topic. And then generative AI where transparency requirements that we have uh, foreseen are being discussed, but there is a a good degree of consensus. Probably the most difficult point will be the copyright uh, um, transparency on which there are, uh, I think, a lot of different views still on the table. But as you see, it seems there are a lot of things still to be closed, but... I I know from my experience that uh, when there is willingness and uh, an, an interest to put it on the table uh, as done, because we had the AI summit in UK, we see that there is the executive order in US, we have the code of conduct on generative AI. It's the moment for EU to be uh, fully uh, on the table of the global discourse with its own act in a final form. I think this is... Uh, uh, something that um, uh, is is needed, and so I also feel the urge to conclude. But I I I also know that I need to get a, a good text through, and 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 this is equally important. Thanks very much, Brando, for that effective summary of where things stand at the moment. So let's start with foundation models. What would you say? Um, what you said on this high impact category, I think it's quite interesting because if we are talking about high impact, isn't that something that you see after the market launch? So how can you have ex-ante obligation before something is launched? I mean, what I'm hearing from the private sector is that the initial investment does not necessarily uh, result in high impact. Well, we could consider high impact as potentially high impact based on some characteristics they have. As I said, we are still discussing on which elements, which criteria should be there to um, classify higher impact models that for their flexibility, their possibility to be the basis for a lot of future uh, applications of AI, they should be looked into before they enter the market. Mm, The point you raised is absolutely correct. Uh, so it needs, in fact, uh, uh, to be found, uh, I mean, we need to find a balance that is uh, of different factors that can, in some way, um, uh, predict the, the, the possibility of uh, uh, um, uh, presence in the, in the market and also um, 
the power of, of the system itself, the, of the model itself. Uh, we are still working on the good uh, mix. Um, and I think that there should not be uh, worry from uh, the investors because we are not going to have criteria that will be for uh, anything that gets into the market uh, um, um, or that is invested in to, to then come into the market um, with the intent to um, over-regulate. We will uh, concentrate on really uh, uh, impactful models um, that uh, um, for their um, characteristics they present an inherent risk and this is why we deviate from the uh, general approach of the regulation which is in every other aspect based on the actual risk in the actual context. What I also heard is that something that uh, this uh, tiered approach for foundation model is basically a way to avoid European companies from falling into the scope of the high impact category. And I mean, that has been an allegation that has gone around also for the Digital Markets Act, the Digital Services Act, uh, that follow a very similar uh, asymmetrical approach. How do you respond to that? I can understand that this could be said, but I don't think there is a lot of basis for that. I think when we will have the text on the table, it will be clear that there is no willingness to do a carve-out that is uh, uh, made for European companies, but rather concentrate on wherever you are from, if you are uh, a system that for its versatility and potential can uh, present uh, uh, inherent risks uh, before it becomes a system and it gets more complicated, uh, you need to be checked before. And going back to the criteria, I think this really relates to uh, governance because there is uh, really a risk that these uh, criteria are written in the sand. So how can you ensure that these criteria are kept up to date and in line with technological developments? I'm sure... Um, especially the AI office will need to play a role in this because clearly, especially for this topic, they need to keep pace with the changes that will be very fast, will be crucial. Right. And in the Parliament's text, the AI office was seen as a little uh, short of an agency. Now it seems that the consensus is that it will be part of the commission. Uh, still, in the Parliament mandate, the board, the AI board, became the management board of the office. So now that the office is part of the commission, what happens to the board? Uh, it will have to be a separate thing, but how will they work together? This is a matter of negotiations now, and I cannot get too uh, much into details. But I can tell you that the Parliament has not renounced in any way to the fact that the board... Um, and, uh, and the office um, needs to be something with teeth, as we say, uh, uh, as, 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 as they say, uh, in the sense that it needs to have uh, uh, enough resources, enough people, enough uh, outreach and uh, standing to be able to exercise very important functions. As I mentioned earlier, it will for sure play an important role looking at the most powerful models. So 
wherever we put it and whatever will be the um, legal structure, um, for us, the important thing is that it needs to be strong. It needs to be um, able to stand in the front of uh, in front of uh, certain players that are very powerful, and so you need to have some coverage from on on your side. You need to to have some strength. This was our our concern. Um, because the original proposal, in our view, was too light and too weak in front of the power struggles that will be there uh, on these topics. Uh, the tentative to uh, maybe empty some of the, of the uh, provisions to make them ineffective. Uh, this, is, this is something that could happen. And, and we need, we need a, a real thing to deal with this with this uh, AI Act implementation and, and supervision. So since we are looking at a really massive imbalance of resources, uh, one proposal that we saw was that to finance the AI office, there uh, would be a sort of supervisory fee as in the Digital Services Act. But I understand that the parliament is against it. At the same time, the commission is always short on money. So, you know, uh, how can you ensure that um, the office will have enough resources if you don't want to to give them this management fee? How can how can you finance all of this? I think the issue of the financing will be crucial to find an agreement on the uh, AI office. Okay, let's leave it to that. Then. To complete the governance aspect, the council proposed a scientific panel to advise precisely on matters such as the criteria for high impact foundation models. What do you think of this proposal? I think we can work around that. It's not a bad idea. Right. Um, you also mentioned copyright being controversial. The text of the council seems quite strong uh, to protect right holders. What is your feedback on that? I think it's uh, very important that we find a solution for the final text that is uh, technically feasible, that it's uh, not uh, um, avoidable, uh, that can really give leverage to those that need to uh, protect their interest in front of uh, the uh, abuse, uh, possible abuse of, of their content. Um, and the value they created by, by the um, training of uh, artificial intelligence uh, systems. Um, it's not easy to um, get it through in terms of uh, um, the capacity of uh, giving full transparency to the um, content being used and also the problem of the retroactivity and the, the role of uh, um, uh, rights holders organizations. I think we will still need to work a bit on, on, on that. And there is some controversy on this topic also in terms of how much it's a priority for um, the parliamentary groups. But uh, I can tell you that uh, I consider that very important and I, I, I will defend that in the negotiations. And this is what... We are doing, and as you said, the council with its proposal is not going far away. But I suspect that this is a point where we will still have some uh, discussions uh, ongoing 
um, even when it seems that it could be closed because it's very sensitive from many uh, angles. And I kept the worst uh, part for last, uh, Article 5 and the prohibitions. We have seen recent proposals that would basically roll back on the Commission's initial approach uh, for a real-time remote biometric identification. So I understand this was a big concession point, especially from the centre-left, but across the board in the European Parliament. Do you think that the concessions that you would uh, receive on the prohibition uh, aspects are sufficient? Uh, are they enough for you to give on this point? And I, I'm talking about, for instance, on the uh, emotional uh, recognition part. Um, so do you think that uh, you're making this move in the spirit of compromise, but do you expect more from the other side? I need to be clear on this point and clarify one issue. The materials that have circulated are only uh, really hypothetical ways, uh, not at all contrarily to the other points we discussed also now in this discussion, uh, an actual um, element of negotiations. Uh, because at the moment, our position is that we do not move from our original text of the parliament. What was proposed was really just one, not the only one, there will be others, other hypotheses of a possible uh, idea, but um, to be tested from all angles and absolutely to look, uh, to be looked also together with other points, but not an agreed um, uh, compromise proposal from the parliament. Uh, as I said, presenting the various points of, of discussion, this is a topic where we see still too uh, distance, too much distance with the, with the Council. And so we try, in the spirit of goodwill, to think of possible solutions. And I need to reiterate again that on the biometrics, uh, um, uh, we will also test other solutions uh, rather than, um, I mean, partially... Uh, um, changing the full uh, uh, ban, because at the moment our official position is that we do not move from, from the original text. These are only uh, very early hypotheses and we still need to see much more movement from the Council on the uh, requests that they are moving on law enforcement and on uh, national security, where we see still too much the idea of too many uh, exceptions, too many carve-outs that we cannot uh, uh, accept. I think this will be um, really the most complicated uh, issue to find an, an agreement on, but we are willing to, to find it. I hope the Council also understands that it could be the point where we do not close this uh, negotiation. One thing that stood out in the last iteration of the text is that there doesn't seem to be an arrangement on the predictive policing parts. So I understand the whole chapter is a bit uh, problematic for you. But if you had to point out uh, the most problematic parts uh, from the side of the council, what would you say these are? Is it the predictive policing? Um, there is stuff also on the four highs principle. What, what, what do you see as the most problematic? 
It's a good question. I think that uh, uh, the most critical issue is the, uh, uh, the way we interpret law enforcement uh, exceptions and uh, national security. And then on the precise prohibitions, for sure, biometrics and predictive policing are both extremely sensitive for us. And we think really that this should be a point um, of uh, attention by all the general public, because now there is a lot of attention on the most powerful models and on the generative AI. Also from the media side, there is a lot of attention on that for obvious reasons. But I think that this issue of the surveillance and the social control through uh, artificial intelligence is very important. And so that's why we are um, still very cautious on which solutions we can find. We know we will need to find compromises, but we are really still thinking of uh, different possible outcomes. Right, and this, uh, in a way, also uh, reflects the the dual nature of the AI Act, as you have it in the Parliament, uh, with uh, the civil rights and the and the internal market and consumer protection aspects. Um, so we have often discussed about having some sort of package deal, also concerning law enforcement. And it seems that the council has pretty much accepted the idea uh, coming from your side for uh, from for a fundamental rights impact assessment. How are these pieces going to work all together? I'm convinced that the fundamental rights impact assessment is a very important innovation that the parliament has put in the text that, that we will defend because we have seen the tentative to support this idea, but to water down a lot who actually has to do it. And I don't think we can accept that only a small number of uh, deployers will use the um, will 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 uh, entail uh, and 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 do this 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 fundamental rights impact assessment because we really think that if we want the actual risks to be uh, prevented we need to look also at the actual situation and the different context where uh, a, an AI system that uh, in an abstract way has uh, some uh, risk management to be put in place can also change based on the actual conditions. So it's an extra layer of protection, but also of, uh, I would say, um, um, responsibility and understanding of uh, the impact of AI in our society, especially when we deal with uh, um, fundamental rights, which are a, a, a crucial good to be protected. So for us, it will be important to maintain substance to this, also with the necessary um, involvement of stakeholders and to not uh, restrict the um, uh, subjects that need to, uh, uh, to do it. Um, I, I, for, sure, for sure, we will need to do some compromising because the, the, the council was not at all uh, looking at that. Um, but we will not uh, uh, get uh, back from these principles that I just... Uh... Just to clarify, when, when you uh, say subjects, you mean the private sector, right? Exactly, yes. Brando Benifei is an MEP and the European Parliament's co-rapporteur for the AI Act. Thank you, Brando. Thank you very much. That's all we got time for this week. Don't forget to sign up to our free 
Tech Brief newsletter to stay on top of tech news and digital policy developments in the EU and beyond. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast published on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and Amazon Music. This episode was produced with the technical help of Wilson Bell. I'm Gianluca Bertuzzi and thank you for listening. Thank you.